You're listening to the Secrets of Successful Business Podcast, your go-to source for business tips, tricks, and proven strategies that will help you create a streamlined and profitable business. We chat to the best minds in business about their journey. You can have a business that is easy. You can have a business that is non-complicated. How they started. You just never know where your passion will lead. You truly just never know. What they learned along the way. Fail often, fail fast, but then learn and move on. (laughs) And of course, we'll ask them for their secret sauce for creating a successful business. Work hard. The hardest working people I know in business are the ones that are the most successful. Join us as we take a sneak peek behind the curtain. Talks a Solutions for those business pain points, working smarter, not harder, mindset, and the challenges of fitting it all in with the demands of today's busy lifestyle. If you're a business owner, side hustler, or just starting your business journey, this podcast is for you. Now, here's your host, business coach, and content creator, Justine McLean from Flossy Creative. Hello, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. In case we haven't met, I'm Justine, a small business owner on a mission to uncover and share the secrets of creating and running a profitable, sustainable, and successful business. I've been in business for over 20 years now, and I get to use all that I've learned along the way to help other women in business reduce the overwhelm, gain visibility around their numbers, charge what they're worth, and make more money. It's about designing a life you love that fits into your definition of success. So if I can help you create the profitable business you deserve, please reach out. To celebrate season two of the podcast, I've got a special introductory offer available now. You can spend an hour of power with me where I can help you with your business pain points from finance to creating content that converts and everything in between. All the details are in the show notes, but don't wait too long. It's only available for a limited time. Now, without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. My guest today is online business manager, Susan Wilkin, a self-proclaimed tech addict. Susan started her business, Adminaholics, in 2009 to help stressed out business owners streamline their businesses and take them from strength to strength. Susan is also a board member of the Australian Association for Virtual Industry Professionals, and today we're going to talk about the standard operating procedures for successful business, what they are and why you need them. Welcome to the podcast, Susan. It's great to have you on today. Oh, thanks, Justine. It's so exciting to be on. It's it's something I really enjoy doing. So today we're going to talk about standard operating procedures, and there are so many businesses that either aren't sure what they are, they don't have them in place, or they run outdated systems, or tech just scares the living daylights out of them. So they kind of do nothing. And we were just talking about procrastination place. So I'm looking forward to diving into our chat. But before we do, can you share a bit about your business journey, where you started and how you got to where you are now? Sure. So I have a very long admin reception career and I started in admin when I was quite young. I was 17, 18 starting in admin and worked my way through into senior administrative roles. And then, of course, I went and had children. So I had my oldest, who's almost 19, I've got a 14 and a 13 year old. And having two children close together sort of gave me time to go, right, 
what do I need to do here? Can I afford to go back to work? Because many people in my situation at that time with three children, one was school age and two were not, having the childcare and that after school care and stuff like that can be really unaffordable for people. So for me, I needed the flexibility around that. And then I ran into a friend who said, why don't you look at becoming a virtual assistant? And I went, what's that? As most people do. Yes. And so that's when I sort of delved into it, found a business coach, looked at a few other things and pretty much jumped into business. And I'm still going nearly 12 years on. And and I feel like you probably started as a virtual assistant really at the cusp or the beginning of that sort of type of business because before then I don't think it really existed to the degree it does now. Yes. So there are a few around that have been in the business for 20 plus years in Australia, which is that, you know, they're amazing, these women. I myself, well, being 12 years, there's not too many of us around that have been in longer than five or six years. I think any any small business knows how hard it is to get started, get traction, make things happen and, you know, keep keep going after even after a year or two, it can be quite defeating when you get those knockbacks and stuff like that. So it's, you know, that persistence as well in business too. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, probably last year when COVID happened, people started to realise more and more that they could work virtually if they needed to. Yeah, look, over the last year, we've seen a lot of virtual assistants crop up. Being the president of AABIP, we've sort of seen more and more, had more people reach out to us. What we're also finding too, is that we're seeing a lot of businesses come our way and get in touch with the virtual assistants that have been in it for longer because these new virtual assistants have they've cropped up but then they've disappeared again because they've worked out that it is actually a business and it is actually quite a challenge to keep that business going. Yeah, for sure. And you're actually an online business manager, so you're not a virtual assistant really. How do they differ? What sorts of things do you help business owners with? So VAs are very much task oriented and their success is achieved when the task is completed and delivered on time. So you tell them what to do and they tick a box and they get it done for you and get it back to you. Whereas an online business manager, they're more your partner in business. So they understand the big picture. They've normally been around in business for quite a long time as well. They're responsible for the smooth running of the business and that the team is happy. So their overall goal, is to build long-term and trusting relationships with the business owners. So the VAs are normally hired during the startup stage of a business, whereas the OBMs, the online business managers, they're normally hired when the business owners simply can't handle or manage everything and they're still continuing to grow. So they've got a bit of a team around them and they're trying to build that more so with that. And it's really more of a sort of a strategic partnership for you, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So I've got a few businesses that I work as as their OBM on, on their business. Is only, I only take a few businesses in that because it is quite a big role in business. And because I want to work as that strategic partner, I don't want to, I want to be add value to their business. No doubt you've seen a lot of businesses over the years. And I think in that role as an online business manager, you would see 
the running of the business at potentially a different level than a, a than a VA would. So what do you believe, based on what you've seen in other people's business and also your own, is the secret or the secrets of creating a successful business? Definitely consistency. Being consistent in what you do, being consistently good in what you do. The other one would be persistence as well and also being passionate, like you know, consistency in showing up and and doing what you do best, but persistence because there are times in business where you've just had enough and something isn't working, but having that passionate feel about your business and what you do, that'll keep you going. That's what, that's what you're in it for the long haul. It's remembering your why, why you started your business, why you're still in it and why you keep doing it. Yeah. And I imagine having someone like you on the team, particularly if you're a smaller business and you can't really afford to bring someone in, you know, sort of on a full-time basis, just having someone to kind of go to when, when the day is not working out or the week is not working out and say, Hey, can we talk about this? That's a really good thing. Yeah, that's right. And of course, people are bringing on their admin staff, but they're bringing them on as in that award rate capacity or they're looking at the cheaper staff members to just tick those stuff on, whereas I'm sort of working with them on building those different elements into their business instead. So it's a little bit more of a level up than the the basic admin that they're looking at. Yeah, amazing. I think I, I need one of you in my life. <laughs> I think I need one too. <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk about standard operating procedures for business. And I think most people probably have some of these, but maybe they don't call them this. So can I start by asking, what is a standard operating procedure and why do you need them in your business? I hope nobody tunes out now because standard (laughs) operating procedures are not the most exciting thing to be talking about, but we're going to make it interesting today. Okay. So standard operating procedures uh, or SOPs, as I talk about them, they essentially take all the steps plus the little tips and tricks out of your head and onto paper or in videos. They're designed to make tasks and jobs easy to do and to pass on to the next person. So it makes it really easy to get it from your head onto paper and get somebody else doing them, but they're ticking all the right boxes and getting though that information done. And it's all those little tips. So, you know, for example, you might have a certain way of, you know, making a phone call, like a certain script in that. And there might be a certain way that, right, if somebody says no, then hang on a second, let's do it this way. But if somebody says maybe, there's something else that you can say and it's building out all those little steps behind that. So it means that, you know, essentially as a business owner, when you are thinking about outsourcing, you can just sort of seamlessly bring someone into your business, maybe someone who's not going to be around for the long haul, but it could be, oh, well, I need a bit of help this week. So here you go, here's a procedure to follow and you you should be able to do this as if I was doing it, more or less. And and the best thing is about these procedures is that when you bring that person on, they're going to put their little tips and tricks into the procedure as well. And so this procedure becomes bigger and better as you pass on to the next person because there's always staff turnover in any business. So having that procedure ongoing and adding their tips and tricks and as jobs and tasks get bigger, grow larger and become more detailed, all of these procedures are all set out and are ready to go to onboard the next person for them. So that being said, what are the elements of a good 
standard operating procedure? And what are some of the pitfalls that you've seen with perhaps the not so good ones? I'll start with the bad first, basically. Uh, so it's not having those tips and tricks in there. It's not having the, the scope and all the details in there as well. I find if you're working with a software is building out videos instead of actually Word document tutorials on that with screenshots because I find with the videos and making the videos under five minutes, it's really easy to see which video that you need to actually go straight there and go, oh, that's right. That's what I need to do. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that tip. I need to add that in there. So I find having a mix of Word documents and videos work really well. The elements of good SOP, one is having the purpose of it. So what is the purpose of the SOP? The scope of the SOP would be the next one. The prerequisites, so the software used and the passwords needed. The responsibilities, who's responsible for it. The procedures. Uh, so this is the step-by-step procedure, any references. So this is when you link out to videos or to, you know, so for example, if it's a Gmail one, you can link out to a Google SOP from there because I've got some really great SOPs. And then of course, any definitions. So for example, we might have some different slang that somebody in a different country might use. So having those definitions surrounding that would work really well too. And and I think that tip on creating a video is a really good one, especially if it's a technical thing, because I know that you do some work, for example, in the back end of WordPress websites. And sometimes when you're sort of looking at that and trying to follow instructions, particularly if you're, you know, more of a sort of a a visual learner, watching someone explain it using a video is a really great idea. It's a good tip. It, It is a really good tip. And I find when things go internationally as well, so if you decide to hire an international VA, using those videos work really well because they can see exactly what they need to do. The instructions are there. They can pause it. They can restart it. They can start it again. And they can see exactly what needs to happen. Whereas written word is quite often misinterpreted. They struggle with that written word. So what could take a three-minute video can actually take a 20-minute WhatsApp or Skype messaging or Slack messaging, whereas you go, right, I could have just created a two-minute video on that and they would have had it down pat. So I find that's a really cool tip for that. Yeah, such a good tip. And I know that this is going to differ from business to business, but just as sort of an overarching question, I suppose, what SOPs do you need to have in your business? So many. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm (laughs) going to make it really easy. Look, as you mentioned, it does depend on your business. So, you know, it depends if it's a bricks and mortar business or if it's a online business. But, and it's also where your high staff turnover is as well, because being able to, you know, one, you need to work out the reason behind that high staff turnover. But two, having those set SOPs can work really well to actually onboard somebody really quickly and get them up to speed. So you're not having to micromanage them and spend hours and hours and hours training them. So some of the SOPs that I see often, and let's just talk about a coaching business, for example. Like mine? Yeah. I know. And, and most of my clients that I work with as well, because I work mainly with coaching clients and training clients. So for example, an email handling process, new inquiry process. So when a new inquiry comes into your business, how's that handled? Do they get a phone call? Do they get an email? 
What's the procedure behind that? What should you say in said emails and phone calls? If there is an online course, you might like to have a student onboarding process and how they get access to the Facebook groups and the other certain aspects of that course. Content management process, so which can include social media, group management, email marketing, your blog, your podcast, of course, because we're here today. You may also like to have a payment process an appointment booking process and handling as well. So how you book those appointments in for those coaching calls, et cetera. And also a file management process, because I don't know about you, but my Google Drive, Dropbox and OneDrive all just seem to explode in in something, something yes. or other. So having a file management process, is, I find it's really important too. So if anyone's been listening to this and they're sort of thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know if I have any of these uh, SOPs in my business and they're thinking that they want to get started, what is a simple way to sort of dive in? Okay. So the first way is, is I'm actually building out some standard operating procedures at the moment, especially for coaching businesses. So I'm hoping to have that available within the next couple of months. So I will let you know about that too. But the other way is, is to actually just pull up a notepad or or a project management software or something like that. And literally every time you think about something that you do in your day, write it down. That is probably the easiest way to do it. Write it down, have it ready to go. One of the first tasks that you can get your VA to do to outsource is to actually then just take a photo of it and get them to write it in a Word document. Super easy to do, but something that they can actually do. So I find that that is a really good way to actually start in getting that. The other way is to actually I really love Loom for little videos. I find they're really good for little tech videos. And so just start, right, you've got a process. This is how I want you to do it and start that Loom video. Loom videos are under five minutes and I find they're really good and really handy. You can send a direct link to somebody for that. We've been talking a little bit about outsourcing, sort of dropping that in and out of the conversation. And I know that's essentially what you're using a VA for. But so many business owners that I work with are solopreneurs. They either can't afford to get, you know, help or they don't want to get help, but it often stagnates their business growth. So if, you know, you're sort of approached by someone or you're talking to someone who thinks, no, I just want to keep doing all this myself. What are some of the things that you would encourage business owners to think about in terms of outsourcing? Like what should they outsource? What's the best way to get started doing that? So I normally ask them what's holding them back for one. And a lot of it's actually trust. So they want to be able to trust the person that they're working with, which I completely understand. I I agree with them. It is, it is difficult to outsource. I'm the first person to admit that and to actually give control to somebody else. Let's take that away. Okay. Let's start with a project. So for example, you want a quick, simple, you want somebody doing your, adding your blog to your website every week or adding your podcast to your website every week. Ask them for a quote on that for a month. Get that quote in, get that project happening. Make it really simple. Outsource one thing at a time. It'd be like getting, you know, not just outsourcing to a VA, but you can outsource your cleaning. You could outsource your food shopping, you know, ordering online. You can outsource your lawn mowing and your other things around your home. So if you're not comfortable outsourcing in your business yet, start with those things first and make it really simple for yourself. But 
the best way to build trust is to actually just start with a small project first, get the quote around it, get the price around it, rather than asking for an hourly rates because things can actually blow out for that. So if you get a project rate around that, that might actually take some of the fear out of it for you. Yeah, that's such a good idea actually doing doing that because I think, for example, you know, when I was walking this morning, I thought, well, I don't really outsource. But then when I thought about it more, I, I do, you know, I sort of get someone to produce my podcast and I get someone to help me with my website when I need changes made. But I think it's more that kind of day-to-day, as you said, getting someone to to come in and and do something on a regular basis that I certainly didn't think about. I thought, all right, well, if I get a VA, I have to have regular work that I can send and it has to sort of cover a whole bunch of things. But as you say, just picking one task, like it could be your social media or it could be, you know, loading something onto your website and getting a yep. project done is yep. such a great idea. It's, it's more so about building that relationship with somebody rather than doing that ongoing straight from the get-go. I find that if you start to build that relationship, it can be built from one project to start off with and then it becomes two and then it becomes three. So a good example is, is that I started with a client maybe 10 years ago. They trained me to put some stuff on their website And now I help to oversee their whole training business. So we onboard all the clients, update their website, make the phone calls, do all the day-to-day tasks, as well as actually build the other elements into their training as well. So it can start small, but grow big. And that's another, you know, good way to make sure that the job that you're asking to be done is actually getting done because I think that would be the other hesitation people would have thinking, oh, well, I'll outsource this, but will it get done and well? And so do you have some tips around that? I do. And the first thing would be is to use a project management software. So I actually love Asana. Asana is kind of my favorite. I know there's a few others. Trello is a really good recommendation. Trello, it's not quite my thing, but I I know I've got a lot of clients that actually use it. And ClickUp is the other one that's quite the favorite at the moment as well. But what I like about this is this ensures that items are getting done so they can actually assign them back to you. They can, and you can see where the project is. So for example, for a podcast, there's so many things that need to happen with that. So you need, well, you need to organize the actual podcast interview. So it's actually getting in touch with the person. It's coming back. It's getting their bio. It's getting their photo. It's recording the podcast. So it's getting that meeting invite out to them as well. It's then sending it off to the audio engineer. It's then getting it back from the audio engineer. It's getting it onto the website, getting it into your podcast software. Like the list goes on, right? And then it's getting it out to social media. Right. What are we up to? About 10 hours in that podcast time there? (laughs) (laughs) And I know because I get it. So, you know, having a list of all those project items in there and who's assigned to that can work really well for you as well. And you've also just sort of really built out a podcasting SOP there. I certainly have. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, I'll make sure I add that one in there for you as well. I think but- you should. <laughs> <laughs> and but- uh, 
So speaking of favourite time and money-saving tech systems like Asana, what are your other favourites? Well, I was going to say Asana. Look, I use quite a few things. Slack is probably my other one for communication with my team. I really love Slack. And then, of course, I've got a few others as well. But look, Slack and Asana are probably my two favourites at the moment for communication and project management. Yeah. Okay. Great. We'll have to check those out. And when you think about your business and where you are right now, what do you wish you'd known when you started your business that you know now? An email marketing list. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, come on. If I had started that 12 years ago, I would have so many more people on there. I suppose the other one was building that online course 12 years ago. You know, I've been working in the online course space now for, you know, 11, 12 years and having that course and having that list available for that to be able to build out and sell to that. Because as I say, the money is in the list. Yep, sure is. And I think especially with everything that's been going on with, well, in Australia with Facebook and, you know, what's what's on social media, you might, all your followers and and your community and so on, it's not really yours. I mean, your list is the only thing that is yours. That's right. And you hear all the time about Instagram accounts being shut down, Facebook shutting down pages, all those sorts of things. So the whole idea is to get them off the social media accounts onto your website, onto your list. So converting those leads, even if they are just as subscriber leads rather than followers. And have you got some ways that you do that in your business? Yeah, so I find lead magnets are really good. So offering those free lead magnets, I have the 81 tasks that you can outsource to a virtual assistant or online business manager on my website. So I find that one's quite a good one. And that one's actually designed specifically for coaches and trainers. So they can take that and they can actually use that and tick off the items that they want to actually outsource straight away. And where's that one on your website? It's adminaholics.com and uh, they can jump on over there to grab that as well. That's a good one. I think I need to go and download that immediately after we jump off this podcast. Now, before we go, one final question. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be? Well, I was going to say give it to a busy person, they will get it done. But honestly, um, start small, grow big. Yeah, I like that one. That's a good one. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. How can listeners find out more about your incredible services and connect with you? Thank you. So LinkedIn's probably the best way to connect with me at Susan Wilkin. The other way is through my website is Adminaholics and I've also got a podcast as well called The System Zone. So you're welcome to jump on over there and find out some more about systems, processes and workflows that you need in your business. All those tech things that we all hate but that are really essential in business now. It sure is. Thanks, Susan. Justine, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun today. Thanks for listening to the Secrets of Successful Business podcast. For more information on all things business, head to flossie.com.au and make sure you hit subscribe on the show so you don't miss another new episode. If you're enjoying the show, please give it a quick rating or review. Share it on your socials or with friends who might enjoy it. Catch you next time.